Once you've experienced it, there's nothing like it. Once you've experienced that love that transcends spirit, soul, and body, it goes to where only He can go. Once it's transcended and you've experienced that, nothing else in this world will ever satisfy. And that's why it's so sweet in this moment. Last week, week before and the week before, we launched into a purpose that God has for us here at Coastal. It's a purpose to go in a direction of asking the question, what matters? And it's just our, it's what we're going to focus on for a whole year. It's what we're going to value. It's what we're going to esteem. We're going to lift up. And we've asked you to value that question within yourself. We've asked you to maybe esteem that question in yourself. We've asked you to maybe look deeper into where your life is and, and, and question some things. We're going to endeavor a whole year to help you do that. We're not going to beat you up in the process of that. We're not going to come in and bring condemnation on you through that process. We're going to love you in the process of the plan that works. And we found out that one of the most important things about that question when you ask what matters, one of the most important things about it is that you are most important to God. Isn't it amazing that He sees you as an individual? He, when he sees you, he sees sky. He doesn't see anybody sitting around you. He sees you. And he's powerful enough to see Chase and not see sky and not see the people around you because he, he knows specifically who you are. He made you, created you to be what you are. And we ask this question, okay, if that's how, so important to him and that's how much attention went into who I am, what's another important question? question maybe there's a way he would want me to live if he created me maybe there's a reason he wanted me to be on this earth and to be exist and there maybe there's a place he want how he wants me to live religion has tried to tell us it's a it's a do and a don't living it's a relationship living it's a living that requires faith it's a living that requires us, uh, uh, invokes us, and pulls us, and causes us to want more of it, to have a faith and a belief in something that you can't see. You just know it inside. And the Bible says that we've been challenged to live by that faith. And the Bible says that there's enough faith in you right now to accomplish every impossibility that you might be experiencing, thinking, or seeing, or walking through life in. Sometimes the greatest impossibility is the uh, impossibility of uh, let going of the guilt, let going of the condemnation, let going of, of the hurt or the pain that maybe I experienced or that you've done to someone else. And this bridge to come over that, that accesses all that heaven has in store for you is faith that you be, come to this place where you're persuaded that God loves me. He loves the person to the right and to the left of me. My stuff can't trip you up. Your stuff's not going to trip me up. My God's going to walk us through all of our stuff. Faith is what does that. It's the currency of heaven. It's how you possess things from heaven. And it, the Bible says there's enough faith in you to buy, if I can use the word buy, I hate the word buy, or to access anything you need. The most impossible thing you could think of. It's not a matter of how much. It might be the matter of how much the quality is. How much do I know He loves me? And we stepped into this place where we, we challenged ourselves a little bit more to ask this question of what matters. Every builder has a plan. 
That's a plan that they follow. And, and when they get off of that plan, that's when the complications start to show up. That's when the, the, the corners get a little crooked. That's when the rooms are kind of built off kilter. I know of a story one time, somebody built this wonderful house, a beautiful house, everything about it. But guess what they did? They didn't follow the plan. They built it on the wrong lot. That would be bad. They got off of the plan. What do you do then? You've got to buy the other lot. You hope it's for sale. The Word of God is His plan. The Word of God is foundational. Let me read this scripture to you just to remind you of how powerful the Word is. Matthew 7, verse 24. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They're foundational words, words to build life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house upon the solid rock. You can't go wrong in doing that. I want to take you today to this place where we're going to plant a seed into your heart for the next level of launch into your life where you're able to answer these questions. We've not done this one time together on purpose. We have a foundational scripture up underneath of the purpose that God's going to lead us through, journey us in all throughout 2019. It's found in Philippians chapter 1. It's the, in that chapter, there's some very powerful things that we'll see maybe today and kind of walk through it a little bit. But really, I want you to see this one piece. And I'm going to invite you. I want to ask you. I know it makes you a little uncomfortable sometimes because you just stood up a long time. And, but I want to invite you. Stand up with me. I intentionally want to get you to read the Scripture with me. I want to plant this seed with your voice of your own mouth into your heart so that now, from this day forward, it can be watered by the Holy Ghost. It can be watered by the teaching of the Word. It can be watered in the power, place of power of, of praise and, and worship. No Word of God will ever return void once it's been planted. So look up here on the screen with me. We're going to put it up here. Philippians chapter 1 verses, I believe we're starting verse 9 up here on the screen. And if you can't see that, if you can't see what's in front of you, just maybe act like you're saying it or something, okay? There's a card there. I think we handed cards out last week. There might be one behind you. But we we'll give you an opportunity to carry that with you. It's going to be on everything. It's on our app if you want to go to the app. Uh, you, you know the drill. You can find it. It's there. But I want you to look up here with me. And let's read this together. You ready? I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you keep on growing. Ho, 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 ho. What? Keep on growing. If we're not careful, we can get comfortable where we are and quit growing and you'll get stagnant there and then mold and mildew starts to show up. And you'll actually begin to deplete life instead of going forward and growing in life. As we challenged ourselves a few months ago with this in our own selves as a church and as a staff and, and really just as our staff, this is what we saw for you. We saw that 2019 is a growing place for us to ask some places and see if there's another spot that God wants me to go to. And, and, and can I tell you something? He'll always want you to go from glory to glory. Better to better. Good 
to great. He's always, that's just who he is. He can't do anything less than that. To do anything less than that would compromise who he is. And to do anything less than that compromises who he is in you. And there's a purpose in you that goes from good to great to glory to glory if we'll access it by faith. But it requires growth. Let's pick up. Keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Next verse. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until of Christ's return. Next verse. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character. Hold on, hold on. There is a character to live. There is a lifestyle that goes with Christianity. There is an expectation in the life that we live to live morally. We'll tap into maybe some of that today. But we're going to have a whole year to figure this out together. We're not going to choke us one week and make you have to be this or that. No, no, no. I want you to locate where you are. You may find that you're enjoying and loving the fruit that you have. And, 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 and you're, you, you, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot that needs to be adjusted or turned around or changed. And, and I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. I'm just saying that but there is more. There's always more. <laughs> Let, let's pick up where the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Father, we thank you. We accept the seed of the Word. And we know that it's not going to return void in our life. And we're expecting to grow and to learn and understand more of how much You love us. How much You care for us. But more than that, how much You care for others and those that are around us. That there are people that are depending on us to be the carrier of this mission of the good news, the gospel, wherever we go. And lives are depending on us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. I want to take you back into that Scripture in Philippians chapter 1. and I want to start up in the upper part of that verse instead of down there where our foundational piece is. And the reason I'm doing it is because I, I, as I start in verse 3, if you're looking, you see Paul here actually expresses a heart of compassion towards this church called Philippi. It's almost like you can sense the urgency in his prayer for them, what the message he wanted them to hear before he did anything, before he said anything uh, that, that would make, make change in their life. He wanted them to understand the heart of compassion that it was coming from first. It's kind of like, I love what a, a good friend of mine, a minister we've had come here, you teach the God side first, it makes the man side a whole lot easier. And Paul's very, very tactful at this. If you ever read any of his writings, he's very tactful at this. He always approaches us in heart before he goes to a place where discipline might be required. Because if he doesn't, if we don't, what will happen, you'll try to do the discipline out of your own strength and because you have to instead of wanting to. I don't ever want you to do something because you have to. That doesn't, that's not the God that I serve. The God pulls you into a want to because the Bible says if I'm, my heart is open to Him, He'll give me His desires. 
What, what we say is we, he'll give me my desires, but we, it's not things. It's not the desires of, that I have. It's like he says, I'm going to plant my desires within you. And those desires will produce. So I just want to take you here. And, and, and like I said, for service, I, I'm going to do my best. I don't want to get emotional in this because it will distract me helping you. But, but, but it's very compassionate for me. It's very evident of what comes out to share with you that this is how we feel for you. In Philippians 1, look at verse 3. I thank God in all my remembrance of you. In every prayer of mine, I always make my entreaty and petition for you. All with joy. I thank my God for your fellowship, your sympathetic cooperation and contributions and partnership in advancing the good news, the gospel from the first day you heard it until now. I am absolutely grateful that you put up with me every week. You put up with my wife every single week. You, that, that's not supposed to be towards her. You put up with all of us. You're faithful to helping us finance what we do on the Outer Banks with your tithing and your giving. You're faithful to next steps. You've come through, many of you have come through growth track. And, and I encourage you again, today that will be at 6 o'clock, a, a next step opportunity for you that we can direct you to a purpose on your life and, and help you there, answer some questions for you. It's two hours that will change your life forever. We'll feed you, we'll take care of your kids, just come. I cannot begin to tell you how grateful I am in, in, in this sense, that the fellowship and the friendship I have with you. Yeah, I consider you my friend. I know we don't hang out all day long. You probably don't want to hang out with me all day. I, I would probably drive you crazy. But there's a kindredness that's happened between you and I, and that kindredness causes me to love you so much that if I see an opportunity that we can all grow together and, and experience more of God, that love kind of compels me to do that. The next verse. And I'm convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his re return. Developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. I know, I know with everything within me, I know that God is going to complete His purpose and fulfill that in your life. I have no doubt about that. And we're just talking about a blip of a year, but I'm talking about for eternity. He's big enough to take you to where you need to be. And I watch you. I see you. I see your ups. I see your downs. I see your successes. I see your failures. And I see God at work every single day. Next verse. It is right and appropriate for me to have this confidence and feel this way about you all because you have me in your heart and I hold you in my heart as partakers and sharers, one and all with me, of the grace of God's unmerited favor, spiritual blessings. This is true both when I'm shut up in prison and when I'm out in the defense and confirmation of the good news. For God is my witness how I long for and pursue you with love in the tender mercy of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. How many of you are here because someone influenced you to be here? Do you know I'm here because someone influenced me to be here? Not just because of what the, what's happening. That, of course, God, I'm, I'm taking it here on earth. 
Not just because of what happened in my heart in Ohio, and that whole experience is phenomenal to me. It's, it's supernatural. It's transcending the life that I was living and put a passion in me to come where there was nobody there. But somebody had a verbal influence, a physical human being had verbal influence on my life to be here and look what's happened. Artie had an influence. Pam had an influence. Ricky. I mean, we had hours of drinking coffee together. I'd love to have a cup of coffee right now. We loved drinking coffee together and we sat up hours and we talked about God and we talked about, I'll never forget the day in the hot tub. Um, we weren't doing crazy stuff. We were just being friends in a hot tub. <laughs> I'll never forget the day. I know his face. I know his voice. I know what it sounded like. He looked at me. When are you going to come start a church here? That seed went into my spirit and it took two to four more years before that happened to begin to even start. What I'm saying is I know that the seed of God is working in you and you were influenced by people. We need each other. We need small groups and all of that starts here in just a couple weeks. It's, it, it's going to influence where you are at the end of the year with what matters. I want to take you to a next level. I want to take you to this place where there might be a little bit of growth for us. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight that your love may display, everybody say display, itself in a greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. The word display means that there are watchers. There are watchers watching you. There are watchers listening to your words. There are watchers seeing your actions. I hate to tell many of you, you're a Christian. Whether you want to go all the way with that, you are. You're marked as a Christian. Stickers on the car doesn't determine whether you're a Christian, but the sticker on the car going down the road like this is not too good. They don't work together. Okay? There are watchers. The conversation you have around people uh, meddling, explicative this, explicative that. There are people that are hearing those come out of our mouth. And you can control that whether you believe it or not. You don't want to be that guy. No, let me say it this way. You don't want to, none of us want to be those people that are sitting around when something's coming out of somebody's mouth and you're just like, mm, you're just cringing. Whether it's doubt and unbelief, whether it's uh, explicative, explicative that. Whether it's, my wife is this, my husband's this, my job is this, my job is this, my employer, I want to kill him, whatever. It doesn't matter. What's coming out and how you're living and how you're thinking is being shown and people are watching that. It's what really matters. So there's a love and a compassion for me to help you over for a whole year recognize some of those areas that, that, that could change Maybe don't need to change. Recognize the good. Recognize the dirt. Recognize the trees that could be pulled up. Recognize the trees that are producing fruit. Let's go on. Verse 10. So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital. And approve and prize what is excellent and of real value. Recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences. 
There is a moral different lifestyle to live as a Christian. There is a sensing that you have of right and wrong. Don't lie to me. You know it. You have it. You know what's right and wrong. I pull up to the intersection. There's a cop facing this way. And I'm going this way. And I'm heading this way. And the red light happens. What am I supposed to do? Stop. How do you know that? Because it's right or wrong. It's a law. There's a cop sitting at the intersection. You're going this way. And the light is yellow. What are you supposed to do? Take off and go? All of you, most of us have probably challenged that glimmer space of time before. I did it three years ago on Christmas Eve, and there's a cop, yellow, ha, and he pulled around, gave me a ticket on Christmas Eve. I'm like, man, Christmas Eve, come on, give me a gift. Yeah, he gave me a gift, $275 worth. You have a sensing of knowing right and wrong. There are moral things out there in the world we live in culture that are wrong in the lifestyle of Christian. We've narrowed it down to a few things that we make bigger than other things. We make it like drinking or smoking or cussing. Those are, to me, just... Listen to me, guys. Drinking... I don't care if you drink at all. But if you come to that place that there are watchers, and that's what you're doing, (laughs) if you come to that place, and I don't beat up on people who smoke. Smoking will kill you. Drinking will get you to a place where you make bad decisions. This is where it's real. Huh? Cussing just ruins your testimony. Moral expectations of a Christian that we have the ability to choose to say, that, that's just not me. It's just not, it's not a whether I'm a person. I know good people that drink like crazy, that smoke like crazy, and that cuss like crazy. And they're amazing people. They're better than some of you. Don't make it about the three things I just said. Make it about the washer, watcher, the washers, the watchers. Can I meddle a little bit more? Social media. You put it out there, somebody, trust me, somebody's going to take the picture you don't want them to take. Because everybody's got a camera now. And the devil would love to nail you in the wrong place at the right time to destroy your testimony. And for those of you that love to hang out with and, and go down some of those roads and you hang out with some of the best friends and everybody's got something going on and enjoying their life and you're acting there because you don't have one in your hand, it's just behind your back and you, know, and you let the picture be taken, come on! And you, all you just go and turn around and put it out there because we were at least listen whether it is or not they're thinking it they're watching it. There's just places in life that there's a challenge for us of what matters. Are there watchers more important, or is it just my outward desire that's more important? And the Bible says your own desires will be the things that will take you down. I'm just saying. 
and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless, so that with heart sincere and certain and unsullied, you may approach the day of Christ, not stumbling nor causing others to stumble. And I read there's two or three different amplified translations. They're all good. They all say similar things. But this is the one that I love the most because it really kind of, I, I, I just like things simple. <clears throat> you know, intelligent people, I'm not saying I'm not intelligent, but intelligent people make things really difficult. Communicators make it easy for you to understand. And I'm endeavoring to always be a communicator, not just someone that teaches above you. I want to teach with you and communicate something that you can go out and apply. I think we can apply this statement. It says, living lives that lead others away from sin. Do I live a life that watchers are being led away from the things that are killing them, destroying them, taking them away, destroying their families, destroying their homes, keeping their jobs from being prosperous. Am I living life that will help that and lead? Everybody say, lead away. Now, I've got some things I want you to hear. I really believe that church exists not for church people. I... I, I we are making a four walls about church people, and it's not about that at all. Church people, I mean, church people, church is about changing all people's lives and making a difference in their lives. This is what church is really about. I want you to hear this statement. There's a gravitational pull of society right now to pull us towards the things that do not really matter. And we're engaging in conversation that don't really matter based upon like, they got to hear my voice and it's doing nothing but causing watchers to question Christianity. If it's not seen through love, which most of the time it's not. I know you think you're expressing love, but you're not expressing love. It's expressing strife, hate, and division. And that is not God. If, it did, if, if there is not a love felt through it, then you can't say it was God. The ultimate purpose in my life is to live, stand up, a stand up life in a bow down world. If you will, if we live this thing called Christianity, we don't have to fight people to live it. We don't have to be divisive in trying to convince people of truth. I don't care what the truth is; truth will always be found out. One side or the other. Truth, you don't have to fight for truth in a sense of forcing people to accept what you believe. If you live what you believe, they'll want what you believe. I want to give you this quote from John Maxwell. It comes out of the book called Today Matters. I've started reading it again. It's just phenomenal. But this quote says, If you want to be proactive in the way you live your life, if you want to influence your life's direction, if you want your life to exhibit the qualities you find desirable, and if you want to live with integrity, then you need to know what your values are, decide to embrace them, and practice them every single day. I want to leave you today with, with simply a leadership principle that comes from uh, a leadership guru, John Maxwell. It's called the Rules of Five. And if you take these, a principle like this, it's just a series of activities that I do every day that produces success or the result, results that I want on the end of it. 
There's five things that I allow myself to step into that, that become a part of my life. I don't have time to, a whole lot of time to do it every day. It's just it takes a minute. It's not something that takes a long time. These things that are I'm, they're in, I'm intentional with those things. These things are things that I practice. They're, they're practical. They're not difficult. I'm, I'm consistent with this. I'm consistent about knowing the plan of how to do it. And, and not only that, I'm always in expectation of the right results of this. If I'm standing on the back of my porch and there's this tree out there in my way and there's some things that I want to get to or see on the other side of it, my view is blocked by this tree. And what this rules of five say is a principle that will show me how to maybe get rid of that tree. Now remember, I don't have a whole lot of time to do this. I may have five minutes extra a day that I could do something. And maybe I don't have a power tool like some of you have. All I have is the right tool, and it's the axe that's in my hand. You have the right tools in front of you, the Word, to help you discover the trees in our life that are hindering me and keeping me from seeing and getting to a purpose and a plan that's in front of me. But remember, I don't have a whole lot of time, and most people don't come to church because they don't have time. Most people don't read their Bible because they don't have time. Most people don't pray because they don't have time. Most people pray 15-second shotgun prayer because they don't have time. So I don't want to beat you up on that. I want, to, I want to recognize that little bit of time that you're giving and that you're working with, and I want to show you a principle. I want to go to my tree that's, that's keeping me from getting there. If I take my axe to that tree, one, two, count with me, three, four, five. Now remember, I don't have a whole lot of time. I've got to leave it alone, but I've got to get that thing out of my way. So I drop my axe and I go about my day. And, but I'm going to get up the next day and, and all I can see is that tree. It's the view that I want to see out there. So I'm going to go to that tree the next day and guess what I'm going to do? Count with me. One, two, three, four, five. Remember, I don't have a whole lot of time but I got the right tool, and I get up the third day, and I go to my tree. This tree's keeping me from fulfilling my purpose. And so I go to the third day, and what do I do? I grab my axe, I grab my tool, it's the right tool. I grab my, my word. <laughs> come on, come on, you know the drill now, let's go. One, two, three, four, five. What's going to eventually happen to that tree? It's going to fall down. You see, this rule of five principle is something that I do diligently. It's something that I do intentional. It's something that I do consistency. I admit that life is busy and I'm, I'm living life by faith the best way I know how. And I'm really running out of time. I'm challenging you to maybe find more time, but just in case we're not, five things. I want to just exhort you. I'm going to give you five personal things. They're not original. They're not something that I, I, I just dreamed up out of thin air one day. And I'm not so super spiritual. I can't get to where... I mean, i got to think too, in a sense. And, and, and I, I saw someone share this. And it, it just it registered with me for this year, for me. Here's my five. What I'm doing consistently every day so I can get to the place I know what matters. Number one, I'm going to pray first. Every, I, before I get up in the morning, I, I, on my feet, before they get to the ground, I'm going to pray first. Before I lay my head down and go to sleep, I'm going to pray first. Before I come to you, I'm going to pray first. 
<coughs> Excuse me. A little dry in the throat. Number three. Number two. I'm going to study the Word. I'm going to study the Word more. I'm going to apply myself to it. I'm going to get beyond where it's just the short moment of the day. I want to challenge myself. I, I need to know the plan. And if I'm not going in it, I'm not going to know it. That's just me personally. You really got to do that. That's just me. But it might help. It, it might help you discover what really matters. <laughs> Number three, I'm going to love like I've never loved before. I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to protect that relationship. I'm going to protect its surroundings and its boundaries and, and make sure that that thing is profiting. I'm not going to quit on her. I'm not going to give up on her. I'm going to go after everything that I know that I can learn about her. And she's very unique. I've got to learn a lot. I'm going to protect. I'm going to love my kids like I never have before. I'm going, to love, I'm going to love my family like I never have before. I'm going to love my relationship to people I'm in relationship like I never have before. Paul, pray that your love would grow. And if I don't set the goal, my tree's not going to get out of my way. I got some people that I don't necessarily like. But I got to love them. And if I love them, maybe by the end of the year, I might like them. Number four. Four, I'm going to choose to make a difference in somebody's life every single day. I'm going to shoot a text out. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I hate texting. But I hate making phone calls even more. But if the texting don't work, and you see my name come up, you see a number you don't know come up, pick it up because it just might be me. I might be calling you to tell you I love you. might be calling to tell you because the Spirit of God said something to me that day just to tell you, you're going to make it. You're going to get over. I'm going to make a difference in people's lives and all the more. I'm going to try to spend time and go to lunch with people that I don't want to go to lunch with. And there's a bunch of them. Love reaches across the boundaries of division. And number five, it's just me. It's my personal. This is my rule of five. I, I, I know we've got to learn and grow, but if you apply maybe another step of a rule of five, it just might help you get to what really matters. This one's a little selfish, but I'm okay with it. Okay? Number five. Bobby, you know what I'm going to do for number five? I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of myself, Art. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of me spiritually. I'm going to take care of me soullessly. And I'm going to take care of me physically. I'm getting older, Frank. If I don't take care of myself spiritually, my spirit, the Bible says, the spirit of a man is what will sustain him in time of infirmity. And if it's not strong first, the other two will dominate and the other two will take over. I won't be sustained in time of infirmity. I gotta give attention to my spirit. I gotta be more than just a proverb or dead guy. I gotta be more than just a 15 minute guy in the Word. If I really wanna get to a place of success, I gotta take care of myself soullessly. I, I think crazy sometimes. And I can't let my mind wander and run down that road of craziness because it'll drive you crazy. 
I got to be ye transformed by the renewing of the plan. If I know the plan, I can think, learn to think differently. At least I have a choice. <laughs> I'm going to take care of myself physically. I meddled a few minutes ago. I, I, I'm, I, I'm in the best shape I've ever been physically. And it comes with some pain, it comes with some challenges, and it comes with some not want to's, a lot of those, and it comes with some things that make that a little bit difficult sometimes, but the rewards are always there. I'm choosing not to put things in my body that will take my mind that needs to be clear into a place where I might not be clear enough to make the tough decision when I need to that will cause me to pacify and ignore my own spirit. It's not about the three things we mentioned. It's about what happens within them and what they do. And I'm just choosing to take... I'm not a drinker anyway. Anymore. 30-some years now. Changed my life forever. Jesus did. It's a miracle. All I'm saying is, it's establishing a rule of five that may work in your life because you matter to God. What matters most importantly to Him is the fact that He wants to get you on this course to discover the things that you're meant to be doing. Marty, you're not one of the best sellers on the beast for no reason. Because people are watching Marty sell on the beach because he lives Christian principles. Artie's not second in command because it's just a job. It's because people are watching and they're watching. Did you read his blog? Oh my gosh, go read his blog. You'll see what his foundational pieces are every single day. Now these are careers. I don't want to make it about just a career. It's just the fact that you get up out of the bed and go and put your face out there in the community every day. There are people watching that love and need exactly what you have. There's no reason to feel like a failure. There's no reason to quit. Just come to that place where you realize that, you know what? My five values are what's pushing me forward and getting me to that place where it matters. And I matter to people. And I'm going somewhere today. Most importantly, anyone in this room, there's nothing more important than who you are with eternity. If there's an eternity question within you, and you're not sure what that will be for you, I'm telling you, you can answer that right now in one moment, in one minute of time, answer that question just like this. This excitement, this passion that you see that comes and, and, and just full, it's not because of who I am, it's because of who has done something in me. And He wants to do that in you. Every head bow, every eye closed. You've never welcomed this purposeful God into your life. You've never realized how much He loves you. No one's never told you He loves you. No one's never told you like this. I'm telling you, I love you. This church loves you. We want to be a part of making a difference in your life. Help you make the most important step in your life. And that's stepping into a relationship with a God that loves you so much. It's real simple. It's real, I like things simple, don't you? I like things simple. It works this way. You might start out on a little road of trusting the man that's up here in the pulpit and all this craziness and jumping around, but just trust me for about five minutes, two minutes. God wants to start into your heart 
with, with the goodness that He has in store for you. And all it takes is you saying, I'm going to invite you in. I ask you in. I, I ask you to do that for me, God. And you take it to the next step. It just simply says, you know what? I want to make you what's called the Lord of my life. Give you charge. Give you control of my life. And I'm going to confess Jesus as my Lord today. So what I'm going to do is ask you to pray that with us. You're asking that in your heart. You're making that thought in your heart. We're going to, as a family, we're just going to pray with you right now. And there'll be some opportunities for you at the end of the service. If you make this confession, you take this next step to eternity. There'll be an opportunity for you to meet someone and to grow and, and, and let us help you a little bit further in some next steps. Coastal family, come on. There's some great people in here that are making that commitment right now. Will you pray with me right now? Say, dear Heavenly Father, everybody, dear Heavenly Father, I know you love me. I'm not sure if I really know who you are, but I'm going to invite you in by confessing Jesus as my Lord. But I need you to show me and introduce yourself who you are to me. And I know as of right now, my eternity is secure in heaven. Amen. Amen. I love you. What matters? Every second, every moment, every minute of the day, what matters to God? If we focus on that diligently and consistently, we'll reach what we want to reach at the end of the year in 2019. I love you so much. Thank you so much, God.